With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, we're rolling into hour two of State of the Nation live right here on today's News Talk. TNTradio.live is the website. Shout out to everyone in the interactive live chat room. Thank you for being there. And if you're not in the interactive live chat room, just go to the website and you can join in, drop some links, chat with the other people that are watching and listening to the program. And of course, keep up with TNT Radio Live 24-7. What a massive accomplishment. Live video, live audio, 24-7 globally, no matter what, right here on TNT Radio, including us, State of the Nation. I'm Brian McLean. Some call me Hesher, and I'm here with Steve Hook. Steve, uh, great first hour of the show there. Amazing conversations. I mean, it really was. It really, you know, I'd... Uh, our first guest really put me in the Christmas spirit. And then we get hung in here and we start talking about the Colorado thing and bah humbug all over again, but <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll fix that. And it, and it, it's been a wonderful show Th- yeah, I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Um, and we got, we got two more great guests lined up for this hour. Uh, producer Kimberly and our team behind the board. there, just doing an amazing job. Thank you guys. And Merry Christmas. Now, uh, Steve, um, former Fox News host and current ex-host Tucker Carlson warned, warned former President Donald Trump about recent comments regarding whether former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley would serve in the administration. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Carlson, uh, he, you know, he put it out there. He said, quote, I would not only not vote for that ticket, I would advocate against it as strongly as I could not left but neoliberal he he criticized haley as being quote not left but neoliberal in the darkest most nihilistic way and added that she has no real popular support he went on to say quote i mean here's someone who's actively opposed to the interests of the country i grew up in who endorsed blm riots i just can't imagine a world where that could happen that would be so crazy and anything could happen, of course, but picking Nikki Haley, who's utterly treacherous and utterly dismissive of the American interests. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> End quote. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> Tucker, ever since he left Fox, have you noticed that he really just kind of uh, leaves it out there now? I um, mean, he doesn't really give a rip anymore, and uh, and he speaks it the way he sees it. And I got to tell you, I don't disagree with him on this. Uh, Nikki Haley has always struck me as the type of politician that wets her finger and sticks it in the air and says, which way is the political wind blowing? That's the way I'm going to tack. You mentioned her support of BLM. There's a perfect example of that. And, uh, I, but, but I think that the silver lining and, you know, Hesh, I always look for the silver lining. I don't think Trump will pick her. I don't think that that's in the cards. In fact, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I don't think anyone else running is going to be in the, uh, uh, in the offing for a cabinet spot with the possible exception of Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy, Ramarama, ding dong. I don't know, but Vivek. Uh, you know, he speaks truth to power. Maybe you could get him in there somewhere 
although I'd rather see him take Rona McDaniel's place. Uh, I, I don't think Nikki Haley is going to be in the administration. I certainly don't think she's going to be on the ticket. But, yeah. you know, I've been wrong before. Yeah, well, uh, you know, Tucker Wrench mentioned uh, Vivek also. He said, quote, I watch him with Nikki Haley, and I'm like, this is a guy who's very offended by her views. Like, for real. He's not attacking her because she's a woman. He's attacking her because he actually thinks her views are terrible for the country he lives in, and I love that, end quote. And let's also not forget uh, Nikki Haley recently told ABC News that in part she blamed the former president for the breach of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. She said, quote, I think January 6th was a terrible day, and I think that the tone at the top matters. When President Trump had the opportunity to stop it, he didn't. I can count about three lies in those three bullet points of quotes that I just read you there, Steve. Yeah, well, starting with, I know you're going to peacefully uh, walk to the Capitol and let your voices be heard. I mean, that is so far removed from calling for an insurrection that it's not even worth really mentioning, except for the fact that the media is constantly mentioning it. And let's not forget either, Trump, when he was on with Hannity the other day, what was it, last week he did that town hall with Hannity, and Hannity said, yeah, they're accusing you of being a dictator. Are you going to be a dictator? He laughed. The audience laughed. He goes, I'm not going to be a dictator, except on day one, when I'm going to seal the border and drill, drill, drill. Now, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, uh, CNN, Washington Post, New York Times, LA Times, and all the uh, you know the usual suspects are all saying Trump says he's going to be a dictator. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you gotta. You know, there's not much you can say about it. You know what they're doing? They're playing to the uh, to to the ignorant crowd. They're playing to the apolitical crowd that doesn't really pay attention too closely. And uh, when they say he said it in his own words, well, they're not lying, but they're also removing all context, including the humorous context with which he said it. So, and it's a shame on Nikki Haley for doing that. What a turncoat. Oh, she's, she's awful. She's dreadful. She's egregious. She has no place in American politics. She is a spawn of the swamp critters, another yep. ghoul. And, you know, to, to tell, to tell the American public, the mass media cartel this is the last thing I'll say to tell for the mass media cartel to tell the American public that Trump is a dictator because he's talking about actually, you know, sealing the border and following the country's laws, while Bi the Biden administration has taken, again, $100 billion of American taxpayer money and given it to an actual dictator along with, you know, whatever else. I don't know what the form of that money is. It buckets of cash? Is it just weapons? Is it missiles? Is it artillery? Is it jewelry for the little green comedian Shill's wife out of expensive French jewelry stores. I don't know. It seems to well, be maybe, maybe you know, Hesher. Maybe, maybe they can give her the, uh, maybe they can give her the, uh, the diamond that China gave Hunter. I mean, just an hey. idea. Yeah, there you go. Maybe we can, maybe we can hook up, uh, you know, all the Zelensky kids too, since we're paying all the pensions over there. Do they have kids? Do they have grandkids? I don't know how it works. But hey, if you're enjoying listening to TNT Radio and you think we're doing a good job, please let us know. Why not leave us a like, a positive review, or comment on Facebook, on Gab or Gitter, on X, all the different social platforms. Just help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here at today's News Talk TNT Radio. The facts, no spin or agenda. Not enough with the lies, we need the facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
if you're sitting around wondering uh, what's going to happen because you haven't paid your taxes yet from 2020 and 2021, well, don't go anywhere because on Tuesday, the Internal Revenue Service announced that it plans to waive 100, no, 1 billion, not 100 billion, that's for Zelensky, 1 billion in penalty fees for individuals and businesses owing back taxes for the tax years 2020 and 2021. Here with story joining us once again is TNT Radio News producer, the one and only Adam Clark Ruckus. Uh, do do we get in on this? Or what do we got to do to get in on this? Well, I'm sure there's plenty of stipulations here, but it would appear uh, uh, just on the surface level here that it's going to be a nice Christmas gift for roughly 4.7 million taxpayers who didn't receive automated collection reminder notices from the IRS uh, that therefore the uh, Internal Revenue Service uh, said on Tuesday they're just going to go ahead and uh, provide failure to pay penalty relief. Um, this is courtesy of uh, the IRS, so Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, sure, I don't trust this. Uh, and in December 19th announcement, uh, the $1 billion or so uh, worth of total penalty relief, according to the IRS, will be granted to certain individual taxpayers, businesses, and tax-exempt organizations for the taxable years 2020 and 2021. The taxpayers eligible for the relief for those who did not receive, as I said, automated, automated reminders from the IRS to pay overdue tax bills when the agency temporarily suspended the mailing of such notices in February of 2022. Anyone want to guess why? Quote, due to the unprecedented effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, end quote. <laughs> yep. Uh, normally, these reminders would have been sent as a follow-up after an initial notice, but the IRS did not send them out because it was swamped by a backlog of millions of original and amended tax returns filed at the height of the pandemic that the agency was just simply unable to process. Their error is in your favor. It's kind of like getting the card in the community chest when you're playing Monopoly, like bank, tax error, bank error in your favor, collect $200. Uh, the IRS did, however, send out initial balance due notices, and so penalties for failing to pay taxes owed continued to accrue. <laughs> Citing this quote-unquote unusual situation, the IRS said it is waiving failure to pay penalties for certain affected taxpayers in advance of resuming normal collection notices for tax years 2020 and 2021. The tax relief is automatic but applies only to eligible taxpayers who owe less than $100,000 in back taxes. How do you would you owe 100000 anyway? Um Wow. Uh, IRS Commissioner Danny Werfel said in a statement, quote, the IRS should be looking out for taxpayers. <laughs> and this penalty relief is a common sense approach to help people in this situation. We are taking other steps to help taxpayers with past due bills, and we have options to help people struggling to pay, end quote. Uh, and uh, for anyone who's confused or thinking that they're going to keep doing this, well, the failure to pay penalty will resume on April 1st, 2024, for those taxpayers who are eligible for the relief. Um, okay, sure. So, um, yeah, I, I don't trust this at all. This is like... This is like a smiling psychopath offering you a gift before he, like, murders you. I'm scared, gentlemen. What do you think? <laughs> I think that they need to hire another 85,000 IRS agents to help out. Right. Just goes to show you that, um, you know, government can screw up a wet dream. I, 
It's also, to me, it, it's very reminiscent of the student loan buyout, uh, vote buy, uh, the, the, the voter buyout program that Biden is trying to run. Now we're going to give people a break on the IRS and then maybe they'll vote for us. Oh, we'll also write off their student loans and maybe they'll vote for us. Uh, just unbelievable. I mean, but again, I, I'm, I always come back to it. Is it really unbelievable when it's the Biden administration doing it? Hash, what do you think? The IRS should be shut down. First off, the uh, income tax is unconstitutional. It should be removed. Uh, you know, estate taxes, those should be removed. These these things are all a scam against Americans. These things are all outside of the founding of the country that was envisioned by the founders. And of course, it was sold to the American public when they introduced it on a platter of lies and deceit and fake virtue. So the fact that this organization still gets uh, their annual funding, the fact that Americans still put up with this, uh, you know, it's none. That's why none of it's a surprise. It's like the amount of Americans that think the Federal Reserve is one federal or two has a reserve. They are not federal. They do not have a reserve and they do not care about you or me. And the same can be said about the IRS and in many respects, the federal government. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just, you know, I, it almost it almost makes you wonder is this being done to help Hunter out? Because I guarantee you, he owes at least a hundred thousand dollars. Maybe this that's, is just a great. <laughs> that's what I was going to break in and say, but Ruckus was talking. That's how you end up with a hundred thousand dollars or more in tax debts. You be like Hunter, or you be any Democrat politician or Rhino politician, establishment politician. That's how you end up in that boat because you got buckets of cash, you got millions of dollars of foreign influence peddling money, you've got all your Wall Street tips and your your stock exchange portfolio managers that are probably friends of Jeffrey. It's all very, very shady, all very disgusting. And that's the class of people uh, that are in that, of course. Um, and of course, you know, you get into corporate stuff like that and cartel stuff. So, you know, th there are people in that classification, but um, I would argue that this is uh, not even a blip on their radar. What do you think, Ruckus? Anything further on this one before we go and hire another 85,000 IRS agents and give them weapons? <laughs> well, I'm not going to complain about it, of course, on behalf of the 4.7 million taxpayers who are going to be beneficiaries of this penalty waiving. Um, however, I will say it is kind of strange that they're willing to waive this penalty simply because the IRS forgot to remind somebody who already knew that they didn't pay their taxes. So it's kind of silly <laughs> on its face, but... Uh, it is a nice Christmas present for the almost 5 million taxpayers in America. Congratulations. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah, exactly. And um, how do we exactly audit and know who didn't receive their automated collection reminder? I mean, where is that checklist? Where is that database? And uh, how do you match it up against people that say, hey, I didn't get it? You know, did they send a text to a former phone number that someone had? Maybe they didn't get it. You know what I mean? It's like an administrative nightmare to try to figure that out, but they deserve it because they participated in this COVIDian hoax. 
So yeah, have fun with that IRS. I guess you don't need armed agents to do that, do you? All right. Thanks, Ruckus. You're listening and watching State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio. You should hear what Charlie Robinson is talking about. I think once we saw the supply chain issues uh, that happened during the COVID debacle, you go, well, that seems bad for the, you know, when you're fighting somebody for toilet paper, but it could be worse, right? It could be the last can of food. So people are starting to reevaluate and reassess their situations and their relationship with supply chains and the like. And I think what that does is it leads you to a place of saying, how can I make myself less dependent on the system? It's kind of hard to know where to start, right? Where would you suggest we even begin with this process? Yeah, it's funny you said that because someone said to me recently and it made me laugh that this is going to be the kind of collapse where the Burger King's still open. I think that's what's probably lulling people into a false sense of security in that everything when we go to the city kind of appears normal unless you're in one of those really crazy drug adult cities but for most people i would say charlie it feels normal but it ain't normal <laughs> the world yeah. is not normal it's completely gone off kilter charlie robinson on today's news talk radio tnt affordable housing we can build that sustainable housing we can build that at mit modular we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design cost and functionality our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are opportunity zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. The conversation continues. I don't believe it, and I think that's a terrible position that I am in, that I don't trust my government. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Here in the United States, 26 candidates and elected officials from 11 states have publicly signed a pledge stating that they agree with 17,000-plus doctors supporting the removal of mRNA COVID shots, jabs, clot shots, death notes, whatever you want to call them. Highly paid influencers and ambassadors, however, are still pushing the mRNA experimental shots. Highly stupid people are still following the <laughs> advice of said highly paid influencers and taking the shots and experimental jabs and adding them to soft mandates and hard mandates. I'm talking to you, California. Um, and the mass media cartel still wants you dead in the name of a eugenics program disguised as a set of public safety initiatives and campaigns. Here to discuss is board-certified trauma and emergency specialist rejoining us, Dr. Kelly Victory. Dr. Victory, always a pleasure and Merry Christmas. It's great to see you today. Merry Christmas to both of you as well, and thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. We love it when you join us. So when will we see, this is the big question, when will we see the arrest of big pharma CEOs, <laughs> of Bill Gates, of Anthony Fauci, and all the COVIDian cult ghouls that orbit around them, or at least maybe 
more uh, reasonably, when will we see the indemnity on companies like Pfizer, Moderna, BioNTech, and Johnson and Johnson be removed so that the lawsuits can start to move like an ever flowing stream? <laughs> Boy, from your lips to God's ears, I certainly hope that's what the new year brings. Um, let's review for a minute here some of the issues surrounding these mRNA shots. There is a darn good reason why the average vaccine takes six to eight years to come to market if it ever makes it at all. Vaccinology is very, very complex business. The human immune system doesn't always react the way we think it will when faced with an immune challenge, which is fundamentally what a vaccine is. When it comes to the mRNA itself, this is not new technology. Scientists have been working with mRNA for well over a decade, and it has failed every single time in the past, sometimes with disastrous results where all of the animals, for example, in the tests died. So the mRNA technology isn't new, but for reasons that are unclear, this go around because of the fear fest uh, that we had during COVID, they decided to fast track this and say, you know, caution be damned, and we'll just rush this thing to the market without adequate testing. They didn't even have six months of testing beside, behind them when they started initiating the first mandates. Furthermore, there were large numbers of people, classes of people who were specifically eliminated from the very limited testing that they did do. For example, they never tested it on people who'd already had COVID. Those people were specifically eliminated from testing. They didn't test it on people with underlying autoimmune issues. They didn't test it on babies. They didn't test it at all on pregnant or lactating women and on and on. And that is a red line in this area that we never cross in medicine, which is to give a new drug or therapeutic to groups of people on whom it has never been tested. So now fast forward, we know and we have the receipts, lots of documents, lots of classified information now has become public from the pharmaceutical manufacturers that indicate they were fully aware of the dangers of these shots before they went to the FDA, before they got the emergency use authorization. And to your point, that constitutes fraud. Once fraud has been established, and that will have to be taken to the courts, then the blanket immunity that these pharmaceutical manufacturers have enjoyed for these last years will go away in all likelihood, because the emergency use authorization provides that blanket immunity, immunity against being sued for uh, bad outcomes or for you know liability related to the injections. That will evaporate very quickly once we can prove fraud. Yeah, well, and 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 there's there's the rub because there is so much money involved here. And I'm not talking about millions, even billions, really over a trillion, probably if you right. added up all the all of it, that will will they will the courts ever allow it? Uh, to be proven to be fraud, because once it is proven, as you say, Dr. Victory, by the way, welcome back to the show. I didn't mean to just jump in, but <laughs> I mean, what, what, once the fraud is proven uh, through a court of law, not only I would suspect, I'm going to ask you, not only would these pharmaceutical companies, uh, the ones that Hesh just listed, be on the hook, 
But couldn't that also kind of rope in a lot of these politicians and a lot of these people that were pushing this stuff? I mean, I don't know if they can be sued uh, in, in a civil court, but they could certainly come under a heavy, heavy penalty if they were promoting something, knowing full well uh, that it was that the science and the and the efficacy was was fraudulent. I mean, hell, just last week we had a premier football soccer player uh, drop on a field of play the other day, just last week, uh, and you see this all the time. So, so what do you think? If fraud is proven, first of all, will the courts allow it to be proven? And secondly, what will that do to the industry, and what will it do to those that push this stuff? Well, I certainly hope that they uh, take this all the way to the courts. I suspect it will make it to the Supreme Court. Ken Paxton in Texas uh, is actually has filed a criminal case against the vaccine manufacturers. And that needs to happen. If you remember back to what happened in the tobacco era, it wasn't until a number of states attorneys general started um, filing lawsuits, criminal suits against the tobacco industry that they actually got traction. But your point is well made. What will actually happen in the courts is unclear, and it won't give any uh, immediate or any near-term relief to the millions of people who have been harmed by these things. Uh, Then when it comes to the liability of people like physicians or politicians who push these, I fear that what they will do is hide behind the cloak of, well, we were just following what the CDC said or what the FDA said. And so it becomes a big finger pointing uh, thing. I think the important thing, again, these should have already gone to court because they are a frank breach of the Nuremberg Code. These vaccines, as I sit here today, whatever is December 21st, uh, remain experimental. They're experimental. They are only available under an emergency use authorization. In the United States, there is not a single FDA-approved injection for COVID. That is a fact. They are totally, at this point, experimental still. And by by definition, there is the the Nuremberg Code, hopefully people remember, says that you may never coerce, mandate, or under fear of reprisal, cause somebody to participate in a medical experiment. People should never have been mandated to take these things. They should never had the threat of losing their job, their livelihood, their pension, their ability to go to school or to travel. This was a breach of the Nuremberg Code. And what we need is somebody who's got some real guts in Washington to take this to the mat and take these companies down and the politicians and the doctors and hospitals and employers who implemented those mandates. Yes, absolutely. Dr. Kelly Victory is our guest. This is State of the Nation. We've got a headline inbound from today's news talk. And when we come back, we're going to pick up right where we left off. And we're going to talk about the next version of BS 24-7, which uh, we're going to have to come up with a new variant uh, uh, acronym for here on State of the Nation at today's news talk, TNT Radio. Question. What are you guys doing today? The news. Now, TNT Radio News. Sounds good. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Russian Air Defense Forces successfully intercepted a drone attempting to target Moscow. A volcano on Iceland's Reckoness Peninsula, located southwest of the country, has erupted following a period of significant earthquake activity. The evacuation of a community escaping floodwaters in far north Queensland continues 
as authorities switch from response to recovery after days of record rainfall and damaging winds. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. All right, Dr. Kelly Victory, I'm going to ask you a question and then I'm, give me a moment to tell you why I'm asking it. Okay. The question is, will the emergency use authorization be lifted before the WHO pandemic treaty or the next so-called pandemic? And I ask that because they're now saying that they have a new variant, which I think we all know at this point means a new tweak on their little computer modeling system, looking at some you know, fragment of a booger or something like that, or something they pulled out of a toilet. Um, but the COVID variant JN.1 has been listed as a variant of interest. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, viruses mutate. All viruses mutate. Coronaviruses are particularly adept at it. They do it more quickly than others. The great news is, is that COVID-19 has mutated exactly the way we would have anticipated had it been a naturally occurring virus, which by the way, it wasn't, it was lab produced. But the good news is it has mutated like a naturally occurring virus, and it's done two things, which is what viruses do. Number one, it has become more contagious more transmissible. And number two, it has become less lethal, less severe. That's what viruses do when they mutate. So whatever this new virus is, and thank God we've got a you know a big Greek alphabet and an infinite number of numbers we can add on to it because there will be a new variant uh, on, you know, on infinitum. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the way it goes. I have no concern about it at all. The concerning thing is the fear mongers who will be out there beating the drum and getting people to reinstitute nonsensical uh, things like mask wearing and social distancing, totally made up construct. Masks do virtually nothing to stop the spread of respiratory viruses. Uh, lockdowns do fine far more harm than good. Children were never at significant risk from COVID. So there was no legitimate reason to close down schools. And that's where the real risk lies, that people fall prey to that stuff again. Uh, The variant itself, I have no concern about. People are having very, very mild symptoms. You know, Dr. Victory, as I hear that, and you you kind of touched on that last time you joined us, that, that they get more contagious. That's bad news. But in a way, it's not so bad because it always gets less. Uh, it gets it gets less harmful as as right. it as it mutates. Now, I want to get back to the whole idea of what you just touched on, the fear mongers, and and because this has been used uh, for politics, as far as I'm concerned, it's a it's been a political cudgel uh, that we've been beaten to death with. Um, much like lawfare against uh, like a Trump campaign mm-hmm. has been used. I, I've, I, I, the, the thing that scares me isn't COVID or any of its variants. It's, it's the virus of politics and that's oh, yeah. gotten into this and it's so ugly and it's, and, and 
I just, I just can't believe. I'm sure there's some out there that'll fall into this, but my biggest concern is when we do have a real problem, a real medical emergency, that they will have been the boy who cried wolf so much over this COVID crap that people will ignore them. And yeah. Dr. Anthony Fauci can be uh, held uh, is first in line as far as any kind of lawsuits are concerned. That man should spend the rest of his days in Leavenworth as far as I'm concerned. But what, how much fear does that uh, give you? How much pause for concern do you have for if we do have another quote-unquote black plague type situation, the people are just going to say, ah, screw you, I don't believe you anymore. That's the real well, this, damage here. Yeah. This has been one of my concerns from the very beginning of this debacle, because you're exactly right. There will be a next thing. I can't tell you what it will be. It may be a pandemic. It may be any public health emergency. And when we need the public in the United States and worldwide to pay heed to what we as public health experts have to say, God help us, because people have a legitimate right to, to look around and say, I have no intention of listening to what you buffoons say, since you messed it up royally the last time and pretty much everything you said was wrong. And that puts us in real fear, or in real risk, I should say. We should be very fearful of that because I don't think people are going to listen. And likewise, there was tremendous spillover effect because of the disaster of these mRNA shots. Many people have become incredibly skeptical of any vaccines or of doctors yeah. in general, of the entire healthcare system. Uh, one of the questions I get asked most about in the past six months, eight months, is what are we going to do to rebuild public confidence in doctors, in the healthcare system, in those agencies whose job it is to protect the public health. Uh, it, truly, people like Anthony Fauci, they have done an incredible disservice, not only to the people, but to public health in general. Yeah, yeah they really have. You know, and when you're talking about uh, people passing viruses and such, and that it's getting less and less lethal. I mean, what I'm hearing is this is confirmed because we know the original survival rate was well over 98% in the first place. We know that they stopped counting. There's there's nothing on the boards for the flu, the common cold, things that you would, other respiratory things that we right. would normally have an expected range of people to die from each year. So it's all for nothing. And people are going Correct. out getting these these experimental gene therapy shots mislabeled as vaccines when the survival rate is now well, well, well higher than a bee sting. It, it, correct. And it's a it's a survival mechanism for a virus, by the way. If a virus kills a large proportion of the people it infects, the, it will die out because the people don't you know, don't, don't travel. The people it, it has no way to spread. If you look at viruses that are very, very mild, but highly contagious, say the virus that causes pink eye, good old fashioned pink eye, incredibly contagious. You just have to look at somebody else with pink eye and you get it. OK, but have you ever in the, your life heard of somebody dying of pink eye? No, it, it does. It's it's not lethal, highly contagious, not lethal. Those things that are highly lethal aren't very contagious. It's just the way of the viral world. 
So you are yeah. quite right. But the idea that people are getting an experimental gene therapy for something, the symptoms of which are so mild, and it all comes down to that risk benefit analysis. You have to look at the risk of the therapeutic weighed about against the, the benefit or potential risks of the intervention. And I would say that given the complete failure, the abject failure of these mRNA shots. Not only do they not stop you from getting COVID, we know by a multitude of studies that the more highly vaccinated you are for COVID, the more likely you are to get COVID. The vaccines don't stop you from spreading it to other people. And we know they are fraught with problems. Uh, we've had athletes dropping dead and millions and millions of people who have reported other uh, untoward side effects from these shots. So it's time to apply a modicum of common sense, do what you would normally do during cold and flu season and get on with your life. Yeah, wash your hands, eat your vegetables, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, just be smart for God's sakes. Listen, we've only got about 30 seconds left, but I just got to, first of all, I would assume that you're, if you're not one of the 17,000 physicians, you know, quite a few that are calling for these things to be pulled off. I assume you probably are. Uh, are you? Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I was one of the I've been calling for these to be pulled from the market from day one. We knew from day one that they were lying, that they didn't stay in your arm, that they weren't eliminated very quickly from the body and on and on. We knew that the lipid nanoparticles that are in them did untoward. I uh, had un, untold uh, side effects that were negative. Um, I have called from the very beginning for these to be pulled from the market, and I'm not backing down. Well, good for you. You know what I'd love for you to do, Dr. Kelly, uh, Victory? I'd love for you to head up the NIH. <laughs> That's what I'd love. <laughs> Listen, I want to thank you for, we want to thank you for coming on and wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. We look forward to doing it again uh, someday soon, but thanks for being with us, Dr. Victory. You have a wonderful day. Thanks. Merry Christmas to both of you as well. Okay, hey, take care. There she goes. That's our friend, Dr. Kelly Victory. What a great doctor and what a great uh what a great advocate for common sense. You got to love that. You're listening and watching State of the Nation on TNT Radio, and we'll be back right after this. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Last week, while campaigning in Iowa, Joe Biden was the topic of conversation for Donald Trump, and he wanted to make clear that everyone knew that Biden couldn't handle things cognitively. He can't put two sentences together. He's running. Can't find his way off the stage. See all the stairs around here? How the hell do you not, where is the stair? He says, where is the stair? And he walks off the stage and he's like. And Trump wanted to make sure that everyone knew that he had been found most competent. I took a physical and I passed with flying colors and I took a cognitive exam. I said, doctor, give me anything you want. I want to take it. I think you actually, if you're running for president, I think you should be forced to take it. They say it's not constitutional. So instead of, uh, you know, look, we, want, we love our constitution, but look what we have in office. This guy cannot pass a cognitive exam. Truer words have never been spoken. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, right here on TNT Radio. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit 
heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud. Just absolutely mud. The country has been long for drought so long. It was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution. And we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit, and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Uh, okay. And around the world. For any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. Conversations about what matters the most. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, well, our next guest is one of the top podcasters on the planet. That's right. She's in the top 10%. And no, she doesn't teach makeup tips or dating advice or even DIY home improvement projects. Rather, Lane Lawson Craft has proven herself to be one of the most renowned podcasters and authors because of her life and her lived experience through Jesus Christ. But to say that she's been blessed would be, well, it'd be an understatement, really. She's become a blessing herself for millions of her listeners and her readers through the power of faith. And as we all get geared up for Christmas, we can think of no better guest to welcome than Lane Lawson Craft. Uh, Lane, hello. Welcome to State of the Nation. It's a pleasure to see you today. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, and thank you guys for having me today. Oh, Merry Christmas. Uh, it's our yes. pleasure. Trust me. So tell us about the podcast. Tell us about this must be a special time of year for you. I know, of course, uh, I've I've seen some of your clips and stuff, and you're just such an ins- you got such an inspiring story. Why don't you tell us about what's going on uh, with you, your podcast, your books, and everything? Yes. Well, thank you again. Warfare parenting, man. Could we not need more warfare for our kids today? Amen. So uh, I had three prodigals, guys. I uh, About 10 or 12 years ago, I had a national magazine called Woe Women, and it was in every bookstore in America and Canada. And so I really felt like I was doing everything the Lord had called me to do. You know, we all have a purpose. I felt like I am in my zone. Uh, at the same time, my three kids were struggling. They were teenagers, and uh, we we had to face drugs, alcohol, depression, uh, porn, a lot of dark issues in my household. And today, I can say that God has delivered and set them all free, and they're whole and living thriving lives for the kingdom. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I watched, um, I'm pretty sure it was your son, um, the video on Facebook, uh, actually describing like how this came to him and the experience he was in an Uber and he was speaking with uh, a pastor or a priest who happened to be driving the Uber. I mean, maybe, maybe tell us a little bit about that. Cause you know, there's so many lost people out there that find inspiration from a story like that. Absolutely. And really what I want everyone to know, uh, Stephen was my eldest and he was the last that uh, God came and rescued out of a pit of darkness. It was 15 years, guys. I prayed on my knees 15 years for Stephen. Um, He says 
I didn't know it at the time, but about the age of 12 or 13, a neighborhood kid showed him, uh, at the time, a magazine, a, pornog a pornography, of a magazine. And uh, now, you know, they've got a click of a button. So anyway, he said he really felt that that was the gateway of the enemy. And from the from that time to the time he was about 26, 27, he was in a journey of drugs, alcohol, uh, porn, just womanizing, just you name it. And as I said, 15 years, um, he was at a bar high on cocaine and he was calling an Uber driver to get to the next party. And he got in the car and the man said, I'm here from another country for the summer to raise money for my church. Can I pray for you? And of course, Stephen knew what prayer was, right? So he said, sure, man. And so the man started praying. And when, when he started praying, Stephen said, the presence of God was so heavy that he was pushed down to the floorboard of this Uber driver's car. And he said, I, I knew I was you know, I was not high on cocaine. It was absolutely a pressing in the natural. And he said, I was just sobbing. And truly, he was never the same because of this supernatural experience he had. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. God put God puts people in places where they're needed most. And it looks like your son needed that Uber driver, uh, not just to get to the next bar, but to get to the next point in his life. A life lived through faith now, I assume, huh? Absolutely. He is so Holy Spirit-filled, and actually, he really feels a call to help his peers. He's 32 years old, and so many of his peers are still very much in the darkness uh, under the lure of the enemy of, you know, just attacking these kids with drugs, alcohol, all kinds of things. But I really want to say this too. I, I really felt a, a conviction to share that Stephen didn't clean up first. You know, Stephen was high on cocaine going to the next party and God loved him so much. And he had heard the prayers of my broken heart so many years that, you know, he came down from heaven and rescued Stephen in that pit. Wow. Amazing. What Absolutely amazing. And, yeah. you know, with when I think about Stephen's story there, and thank you for sharing that that with us and all of your viewers and, and listeners, but when I think about Stephen's story and the fact that he relates this back to teenage years, formative years, when, you know, a person is dealing with all of the chemicals and, you know, every all the changes and everything that happened around that time, I, I just, I, it makes me sad for today's youth because any single one of them with one of these, with a, with a cellular smartphone has access to things that are a hundred bazillion times worse than what, you know, we used to see in magazines back in the day when that was magazines and VHS tapes were pretty much the medium for that. Now it's on this, it's on the phone. I mean, right. how dangerous is that for our youth and for our society? Well, such a good point, Brian. You know, back in the day, you literally had to, you know, it was behind the counter. I mean, these things were almost almost unobtainable. And so now we're at a point where you can click. You, you click and you can get the darkest porn. You can get a, a hookup. You can get a, a, a drug of choice. 
Um, you know, I, I tell parents every day, these kids are click away from sending a picture that's not great or getting one. It's really, we are at war, guys. We are at war and everything around us, particularly technology, is against us. Yeah, you're not kidding. And, you know, it's, I wonder, Lane, if you can comment on, nowadays, it seems like there's a lot, uh, there's a, a whole lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're pushing stuff on children in school these days yes. that I would never have got, when, I mean, I graduated high school in 1981. I'm I'm kind of an older guy now. But this stuff, and I don't care if it was straight sex, homosexual sex, transgender sex, which was all but unheard of back in those days. Nowadays, it's it's omnipresent. It's everywhere. And now the school and the school boards and teachers unions and politicians and uh, the social levers of our, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of shape the political and the uh, social zeitgeist are pushing this transgender stuff as if this we're just doing this for for sheer compassion um it doesn't feel that way to me it feels wrong it feels like they are grooming uh do you do you get that sense absolutely and listen i can't tell you the emails that i get from parents who will go into their child's room 14 year olds 13 year olds and they will have this sex changing medication that has been administered by the school nurse and the parents aren't even told. So I say, wake up America, wake up. We have got to realize our school systems, our politicians, they're all in the darkness and our children are at stake. Hey guys, I was watching uh, Nickelodeon the other night. I got, I was, you know, flipping through the channels and, and, and a fun show that we all used to watch Friends was on. And, and um, in that break on Nickelodeon, there was a commercial and I'm not going to say who, what, but it was a girl and a guy and she was bringing him a Christmas gift. And inside that Christmas gift was lipstick and the guy put it on and they hugged. Okay, Nickelodeon is with four and five and six-year-olds. This is not okay, right? Yeah, I saw that same commercial. I'm not going to give them a shout-out either. Definitely <laughs> not going to be doing business there. Not that I was. You mentioned the the drug. Uh, they like to call it a puberty blocker. And yes. uh, my research indicates that the most prevalent and popular one is a drug called Lupron which is actually a failed cancer treatment drug that has been rebranded because it had what used to be called side effects that would mess with one's endocrine system and their hormones and everything. But now they're calling it a puberty blocker. And the fact that schools are giving it to children, a drug to children that has to do with their developmental uh, nature, human nature, is quite frightening and i think that is uh one of many things that would lead me to come up with a name like warfare parenting yes. i mean what what else are you learning from your guests and your audience yeah. over there at warfare parenting what's big on their minds well this is big and let me just even go further they're also using a drug that they give to sex uh, uh offenders and it castrates it's, it's a castrating drug. And there is no if, ands, or buts. These drugs will give these kids cancer. It's not even a question. 
So, I mean, so not only are we changing their sex, but we are also setting them up for death, literally. Um, there are so many things that parents are battling. The one pill that kills, the fentanyl. Okay, I'm hearing from parents whose kids are in med school, good kids, law school, and they think they're taking something to help them sleep after maybe a long week of exams. And one grain of sand of fentanyl is in that pill that they thought was going to help them sleep and they don't wake up, they're dead. I mean, one pill, one choice, y'all, one choice a kid makes now can kill them. Yeah. 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 It's 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 so tragic. And 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 the reason that it's it, it's tragic for obvious reasons. Uh, you're killing kids. Uh you're 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 chemically castrating kids. Uh you're confusing them. Uh, most of these kids that are confused by this whole gender thing are, I, I think, I, I don't, you know, what's the old adage at 98.5% of statistics are made up on the spot, but I know that it's a high number. Most of these kids grow out of this stuff, but now it seems to be kind of instilled in them. And what drives me nuts, and here's where I think the evil comes into play. We've talked about on this show how we are in a battle of good versus evil here. The evil is, it wraps itself in compassion. It wraps itself in, we're doing this to help the underserved transgender community. The underserved transgender community makes up less than 1% of 1% of the population. They seem to want to grow this population. And I don't think there's a damn thing compassionate about that. No, no. And I, I have to tell y'all, I feel an urgency that I've never felt before because when we start messing with what God created, okay, so God created this child in the mother's womb. And when this child comes out, it's either a male or female, period. Now, there are very rare, very, very rare cases where they might uh, have both sexes, but it's so rare, it's, it's just rare. So anyway, but what my point is, when we start messing with what God created male and what God created female, we are in trouble. And no school system, no government official can usurp God. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're usurping our creator that, you know, hand knit that child in the mother's womb. So I do feel an urgency that we must be more vocal. Listen, I love what one mom told me, you know, when kids nine, 10, they're still dressing up in costumes and want to be Superman because they want to be Superman. Does that mean they're going to be Superman? Kids, they have, they have wild minds and each season brings a different challenge. But listen, no child at 13, 14, I don't want to say 18 because they say logically, scientifically, the frontal lobe of the brain does not even form to your 25. The frontal lobe of the brain is your decision-making component of the brain. So are we going to allow these kids that are children to make these life-changing choices? I mean, would we let them make these choices to get married at 13 and 14? things like that. It's it's truly something. And, and you made a very good point, Steve, that, you know, this is a very small, small percentage of our population. Um, that's why I'm saying we've got to activate. Why are these small percentages of our population dictating what our main 
majority population is is doing. Yeah, yeah, it, it's madness. It is madness, and it's warfare against parents. It's warfare against kids. It's warfare against our nation. It's warfare against our future. And uh, you can follow our guest on the Warfare Parenting Podcast and also live in lively with Lane. And Lane, uh, we're just about out of time. We're about out of time here, but I wanted to uh, shout your website out. It's lanelawsoncraft.com. That's L-A-I-N-E for Lane. The rest just like it sounds, Lane Lawson Craft. Thank you so much for everything you do and for joining us here to spread a little bit of hope and Christmas cheer in some what might say are dark times. Thank you. We'll have you back on again. Please Merry do. Christmas. Thank you all. God bless. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Stay tuned for Misty Winston right here on today's News Talk.